What was Jesus's business? Certainly, the main thing was that he was to bo- he was born to die to pay the price for your sin and mine, and to offer salvation through his blood on the cross for those who believe in him. That was the main reason that Jesus came was he was born to die for our sins. Every creature's unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Today, Pastor Rob finalizes this portion of Matthew chapter 2 with the conclusion of his teaching on Jesus as a teenager. Jesus' words to Mary and Joseph after they found him in the temple with all the scholars was very profound. He said to them when they showed concern, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? These first recorded words of Jesus are significant. Jesus knew that Mary and Joseph knew of his special relationship with God, his father. The scripture says his mother kept all these things in her heart. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 2 in the Gospel of Matthew. There in front of them, God says, let's reason together. And it just happens to be on the Passover, when the Passover lamb would be shed, his blood would be shed, and that will be on the lentil of the doorpost. So we're talking about the blood covering everything, and God is sharing that 700 years prior, and now Jesus is there on the Passover, and now he's reasoning with them. He's reasoning with them in the scripture, and they are completely astonished. And so verse 48, when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? We've been looking for you for three days. Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. You might want to underline the word father there and then underline it in verse 49 as well. You'll see the word father there. And he said to them, Jesus said to Mary and Joseph, Why did you seek me? Did you know that I must be about my father's business? Now underline that word. It's the Greek word pater, or pater. It means father. But notice that in verse 48, it's lowercase. And in verse 49, it's uppercase. Even the translators knew that when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, it wasn't about, it wasn't about Joseph's business. Jesus wasn't there to, uh, you know, to work up some kind of uh, deals with people to come up to Nazareth to, for Joseph's carpentry business. He wasn't there handing out business cards. It wasn't about Joseph's business. It was about his father in heaven's business. And all the English translations have that capitalized in verse 49. To make the distinction, the word is the same, but the distinction is very clear. That it's not about Joseph, it's about Jesus' real father, God the Father. I love that. And Jesus, even in his early ministry, when he became 30, around 30 years of age, what did he do? One of the first things he did when 
when he came into his uh, ministry at 30 years of age, he cleansed the temple. And what did he say in John chapter 2, verse 16? He says, he, 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 took, uh, he went into and he cleansed the temple. And he says, do not make my father's house, my father's house, a house of merchandise. And of course, he's speaking of God the Father there. But did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Again, I believe that Jesus didn't waste anybody's time here. There was a reason he stayed behind and listened. And I'm sure that after this encounter, Jesus was a marked man. The religious leaders now knew who he was. And they're waiting for him the next time he comes because they're intrigued. They're wondering what's going on with this young man. And maybe Jesus sparred with them other times. We don't really know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But Jesus' priorities now were becoming clear as he got older, as he became unaware of what God's role for him was. And what was his role? What was his business? What was Jesus' business? Certainly the main thing was that he he was born to die to pay the price for your sin and mine and to offer salvation through his blood on the cross for those who believe in him. That was the main reason that Jesus came, was he was born to die for our sins. But also, Jesus, in in Luke chapter 4, spoke this. Remember, he was in Nazareth. We, when we go to Israel, we actually went to the synagogue where Jesus spoke these very words. The very floor, the, the, unfortunately, the floor is the only thing that was, that was there that was uh, in Jesus' day. Everything around it had been rebuilt. But Jesus, in that Nazareth synagogue, he said he, he pulled out the scroll as a, as a young man would do or at, at that time when he was reading. And he opened up to Isaiah 61. And what was the... Uh, message there and it says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me notice this was also jesus's role or his business of his father to preach the gospel to the poor and he was sent he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and also to proclaim liberty to the captives the recovery of sight to the blind not only physically but spiritually removing blindness from people that they might understand spiritually what was happening giving them light and also to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord that's why Jesus came. That was Jesus' business. That was the Father's... That's, he was about the Father's business doing those things. But are we about our Father's business? It's a good question to ask. It's very easy for us to try and live the American dream. And there's nothing wrong with the American dream. But is your life the Lord Jesus, or is Jesus just part of your life? The one speaks of total devotion, and the other just speaks of fitting Christ in here and there when it's convenient for me. And I want to encourage you this morning to not allow your relationship with Christ to be compartmentalized. We do that easily because we go to work and we, we, we're a certain person at work, we're a different person at home, we're a different person at church, 
And you know, God wants us to be the same wherever we go. We can't compartmentalize and say, well, uh, I'm a Christian at home and I'm a Christian at, at, at church, but when I go to work, I'm still laughing at the funny things on the walls and, you know, sending the dirty jokes and I do my own thing there. But, you know, do you understand, as a Christian, your life is, should be consistent. Wherever you go, you should be the same. You should be continually being conformed to God's will. And if I am fitting God in only in the holes of my life, then I'm compartmentalizing him. But I need to let him be my life instead of having him be be just a part of my life. And how do I do that? That means that wherever I go, I'm always thinking about the people that God loves. All the people that you work with or have worked with, the people that you interface with, your own family, your friends, the people you see at Wegmans, all these people need to hear. And if Christ is my life, then I'm going to speak of him. If he's not part of my life, and only when it's convenient for me do I bring him along, then my life is compartmentalized. And if you find yourself in that place, it's easy to turn. The first thing you have to do is acknowledge that it's happening. And say, Lord, what's wrong with me? Am I I really afraid? I'm afraid of man, aren't I? I'm afraid of talking. I'm afraid of offending them. Hey, listen, the gospel is an offense. Because what are you basically saying? That you're a sinner on your way to hell, but there's good news. (laughs) How many people want to tell people about that? I mean, eventually it's got to come to that. Because that's the good news. But there's bad news first. And never, ever, ever remove the teeth from the gospel. When I say the teeth, I mean the thing that brings you to the end of yourself because that's the only way, folks. Because I don't need a healer, I don't need a savior if I, if, unless I, I don't need to be saved. Unless I'm sick. If I'm sick, I need a healer. If I'm completely lost, I need a savior. I need to know that I'm lost. I need to know that I'm sick. And the scripture is right in my face and it tells me that I am. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. These are the things that we need to lovingly share with people because that is God's business. Are we about our Father's business? And do we care for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow? There's a couple widows in our fellowship right now. Three of them that I know. I would encourage you to talk to them. See how they're doing. Do they have any needs? I mean, other than their family, if their family's taking care of them, praise the Lord, that's the right way to go about it. But is, is, there, any, is there anybody here that's a widow who's not being taken care of? If not, we need to know. If you're really struggling, we need to know because it's our, it's our joy and our privilege to help you. And the fatherless. You know, do we love these people? Do we love the fatherless? There's so many fatherless kids nowadays. Learn to do justice, seek justice, rebuke rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. These are the things that are God's business. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. We are not our own. We belong to Christ. And if that is the case, then I am a tool that he can use to minister to other people. Notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 
I need to be about my father's business. And my father's business also includes this temple that we have. Are we taking care of that temple? And isn't that the great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28? Remember after his resurrection and before his ascension, what did he say to his guys? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. All the things that I've shown you, share that with others. That's our that's being about our Father's business. Paul would say to the Corinthians, If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. He had such a heavy weight on him. He's like, you know what, God, you've done all of this for me. I'm going to spend eternity with you. I have a responsibility now with this, with this truth that you've given to me. With the Holy Spirit of God that you've placed within me, I have a responsibility before you to be about your business. And let me say this, folks, because you can be in a job. Not all of us have to be pastors, okay, or, or, or you know, evangelists or whatever like that. The Lord needs people in the workplaces. But when you're there, speak the truth in love when it's right to do it. On your lunch hours, on your breaks, and little emails after work. Whatever you got to do, but be salty. God wants you to be salt and light in a world that's broken and dying. So we need to do that. It's one of the biggest things right now in the church that I think that we're, we're not doing so good at. Are we reaching out to our neighbors, inviting them to the church? I mean, if you like it here, why not bring somebody? You know, we've become so closed off in our culture, in our neighborhoods. We can live next door to somebody for 30 years and not even know who they are. What's wrong with that? We can live next door to somebody who's been there for seven years and we've never said hi to them. We've never invited them over for dinner or for coffee. Why can't we as Christians break out of this mold and start inviting people? Invite them to church. And why? Is it just to fill the seats? No. Would to God we had no seats you know, empty. And why is that? Just to build a big church? No. It's because they need to hear the truth. I know what it's done in my life, what God is doing, and how excited I am. And we need to share that with others. We need to share with others. In Romans chapter 1, verse 14, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel? You know you're ashamed of the gospel when you have an opportunity and you shrink. You're ashamed of the gospel. We ought not to be ashamed of the gospel. He's not ashamed of us. I don't want to be ashamed of him. And how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet. Notice, this is the way God sees somebody who is being about his father's business. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. These are good things. What you're bringing is life. You're bringing truth. And, you know, let the pieces fall where they may, folks. You know, most of the people that we encounter, we're never going to see them again. And those are the easy ones to talk to. The hardest ones are your family members, that, cousin, or that uncle 
that has grown up in an atheism who's just always swearing every time he got together at, at family gatherings. He's the tough guy. He needs to hear it too. I'm more concerned about what God thinks than what, how I'm going to feel about this whole thing because I know the truth and you know the truth and we need to share that truth. Are we about our Father's business? And folks, this is why it's so necessary for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul, when he was talking to the Ephesians, he says, And pray for me that utterance may be given to me, that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul, on a number of occasions, was baptized with the Spirit of God in front of individuals, and God used him powerfully. Make that a daily prayer of yours. Say, Lord, baptize me whenever you want, because... You want to reach somebody today. And there is a difference between when a person is baptized with the Spirit and when they are not. The same words can be spoken out of the same mouth and one can make, have no impact at all and the other, oh my goodness. And that is what God does. And I don't understand it because it's a mystery. But He lights you up. And they're, they're captivated. Whoever's listening to you, they're, they're just like... They're stunned. They've never heard this before. That's when you know the Spirit of God is working. And be thankful for that. It's a joy to be used by God. If you've been used by God in anybody's life, you know what a joy it is. And you know, if you're hurting today and you're thinking, you know, I just don't have the courage, it's okay. Pray for that. Pray for that because we're not all cookie-cutter Christians. Some of us are really uh, timid and we're afraid to do that. And others of you are really bold like lions, you know, and there's everybody in between. Don't be ashamed of that, but don't stay there. Because we need to be about our Father's business. Just as Jesus was about His Father's business, He's called us to be about His business as well. But notice in verse 50, they did not understand this statement which He spoke to them. And then He went down and made them went down with them from Jerusalem, Jesus, and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Notice that. But his mother kept all of these things in their heart. Notice that Jesus did not resist them, but he submitted himself to them. And he was obedient to his earthly parents. Yes, and he was also obedient to his heavenly Father. What does it tell us in Philippians? And we'll wrap it up here. That Jesus humbled himself. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 8, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, as a result of that, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Do you see Jesus' obedience? He was obedient even to the point of death on a cross, which is the most horrible form of death known to man. He was obedient to his parents he was on, on the earth. And he was also especially obedient to his father. That's why Jesus said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And they marveled at this. But Mary kept it in her heart. Wonderful, isn't it? And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And so folks, let's seek to be like that. Let's seek to be about our father's business. And don't be discouraged. In this culture that we live in today, it's especially hard to bring up the, the subject. It's especially hard. 
And the vast majority of people probably aren't going to listen to you. They might even change a topic, or maybe they'll just be bold enough to say, you know what, been there, done that, I, I, I'm, you know. But we ought to be willing, because every now and then you're going to run across somebody who's going to just fall apart, and you're going to be totally excited because you felt that stirring, the Lord was speaking to you, go speak to that woman over at Wegmans. That's happened to me a number of times where the Lord just gently just... I just got this feeling I should probably go speak to this person. I try to dismiss it, and the Lord's, okay, you can. I'll use somebody else. <laughs> but then I do it, and then I realize I was right on the money. And you go up to the person, you say, I don't know why I'm talking to you, but the Lord wanted me to come and pray for you. Can I pray for you? And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. This morning I woke up, and I'm like, God, if you're real, you've got to send somebody. Otherwise, I'm going to think this whole thing's a bunch of nonsense. And then God knows that, and he speaks to me and says, hey, just go over and encourage her. No, nah, I don't think so. And then finally when you do, you realize that God was fixing, He was working that whole thing. He's putting it all together. There's no greater joy than to serve Jesus. There's no greater joy than being obedient to Him. And i got to tell you, He loves you. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. I mean, we know that He went on the cross for us, you know, but He... That love that he demonstrated while we were yet sinners. That's an other kind of love I've never experienced. And that's what crushed me. It crushed me under the weight of his love. I mean, who would do that for me? Nobody in the world would do that for me. And he wouldn't do it for you, but he did it. And he continues to do it. He's a God who loves. And he wants to bless your life. He wants your life to be a blessing. Raise your hand if you'd like your life to be a blessing. <laughs> I think we would all raise our hands and say, yes, Lord, I do. Then pray. Say, remove any, anything that's in me that's keeping me from being about your business. Wherever I go, whenever, Lord. And there are times to be quiet. There are times to keep our mouths shut. But there are times when we need to be opening our mouth and not worrying about what man thinks of us. Don't worry about man. You're not going to stand before man. When we see Jesus face to face, folks, do you realize how that's going to, we're going to be like, I wish I had done a lot more. And he's not going to kick you out of heaven because you didn't take every opportunity. But I miss out because it's a joy to share with people and to see their lives changed to see their eyes brighten up, to see them encouraged in something other than the filth of this world. That is totally amazing. I love that. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for this passage. We thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, that you desire to use us. And Lord, we do pray that we would be about your business. And pray that you'd strengthen us, Lord. Give us boldness and wisdom. Give us encouragement, Lord. And uh, Lord, just faith to trust you, to believe in you. Lord, change us. Change me, God. I need to be changed. And I know my brothers and sisters, they need to be changed as well, Lord. We all need to be changed. And Lord, thank you for your love. That even the baby steps that we make, Lord, you're not upset with those. In fact, you applaud every little step that we make, Lord, regardless of how old we are. 
So help us to continue. Help us to be about our Father's business. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the Gospel of Matthew. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.